0: You're listening to The New World Order, episode 44 of season 13, for day 301 of 2019. Hey everybody, this is Klaatu, still kind of recovering from all of the travel that I've done, and by recovering I mean um, just sort of getting everything back in order. Your your schedule just shifts so much when you're away from your usual routine, or at least that's what I'm finding, And and getting back into... The normal schedule of the of the day job and the normal schedule of just real life takes a while. It kind of gets a it gets takes time to get back into it. So, in the interest of of helping myself get my schedule back on track, I'm going to keep this episode a little bit shorter than I would probably prefer. And let's start with some listener feedback. So, this is listener feedback from David on Mastodon. He says, I switched to Ubuntu 8.04 from Windows, Vista, and tried my best to get things done. I was, try- I was doing PHP websites at the time. I started with Wubi, W-U-B-I, but eventually just installed Ubuntu. It was a big learning curve, but I'm grateful for making the change because I wasn't happy being locked into the Windows system. And that is in reference to 13.38. Uh, at which point I had said I really like hearing Linux origin stories, and I encourage you, dear listener, to send your Linux origin story to me via email or Mastodon or or any 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 system that is most convenient convenient to you. I'm Clatoo in many places. I'm not Clatoo in other places. You can generally kind of get a sense for whether it's me or not uh, based on whether I'm talking about linux that's all Clatu talks about online is linux sometimes rpgs but but i try to focus mostly on linux so uh certainly on open source th- topics so send me your linux origin story i'd love to to hear it and talk about it on the show and david uh his origin story here is um right around the time that my origin story would have started because ubuntu 8.04 I feel like that's right, sort of in that that that's sort of in the the time frame that I would have um, that I would have been starting out with with Linux. Um, I, I feel like Ubuntu eight point zero four would have been something about well, I mean obviously two thousand eight, um, Hardy Heron... So that's actually a little bit later than me cuz I remember the Hardy Heron um desktop image, the wallpaper image it was was like one of those sort of not game changers but sort of a a really bold new ish look for Ubuntu and um and, and that, that it was it was quite cool. It was quite quite startling or not not startling but go look at it. Trust me. It's it's it was new and exciting at the time it like it was kind of kind of a, a big deal and it's kind of funny i guess that the 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 way that i'm remembering hardy heron is the desktop image because that's not frequently what you think of when you think of of that stuff although i don't know fedora 7 actually at, uh, around the same time had a pretty um, a pretty recognizable kind of looking uh, desktop image as well. So I think I think my first Ubuntu release or the, you know the, the first one that I remember trying was 6.04 maybe if if that was one of them or 6.06 I'm not sure something like that I think. I I don't think it would have been earlier than that, necessarily. And that was a great time to start with Linux, I think, because you did it. You had some exciting new stuff happening with Ubuntu, and you had Mandrake still kind of going strong. And, and even Fedora was, was relatively young at the time. So there were a lot of things that were kind of new and fresh at that moment, at that time, for for a couple of years. And then it, it sort, of, sort of drew out and got longer and sort of longer in the tooth, and things kind of settled in. I think that was a fun time to to jump into Linux. And it's it's funny to hear that David jumped in from Vista. I mean that is the when I remember when Windows Vista came out people people were were saying very clearly that that people were that this was a great jump off point out of Windows. Like if you were trying to get out of Windows, Vista was a great excuse to do that. And I know a lot of people used it as an excuse to do that. Clearly not as many people as, I guess, competitors would have liked. For instance, I I think that Apple really stepped up their sort of, hey, come try a Mac now uh, campaign with Vista. And I feel like Linux did what it could. Come try Linux now. But, you know, people, people settle for what they settle. Now, Wubi is an interesting artifact of history as well. I guess it's still technically being maintained by someone. It's been forked on GitHub. If you go to github.com slash hakuna-m, that's H-A-K-U-N-A dash M, and then just look for the Wubi U-E-F-I re- repo in in there, you'll you'll find a modern version of Wubi. I never understood what Wubi was because I, I never have really used Windows for for anything other than testing some code, some Python code once. Um, so, yeah, I don't really understand. I don't understand the, the process. I don't have the context, I don't think, to understand exactly how Wubi works. But apparently it's like a Windows installer for Ubuntu, and it installs the 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 Ubuntu image somewhere and i the the where is the thing that continues to confound me don't quite understand where this is happening is it getting in is it a separate partition is it like some sort of disk image within the within the drive like as a file and then you you boot into that disk that 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 image uh by way of the windows boot manager whatever that may be called. Is there a boot manager for Windows as such? I mean, there must be some kind of boot manager for, for Windows, I guess. So I don't understand it. If you have a really clear explanation of how it works, I'd be interested in hearing it, but understand that I lack any kind of context. So it is, it is definitely not something that I will necessarily understand without very, very clear Explanation. I just I do not underestimate, please, my lack of context for anything having to do with Windows. Okay, so that's Wubi. It's some kind of Windows installer. So you would download the Ubuntu disk, and on it there would be a Wubi.exe, and I guess you wouldn't even have to burn the image. I guess you could just literally click on Wubi as the one that you're running on right now. You would just install Ubuntu. And then I guess you would reboot and boot into Ubuntu. I guess I don't know. Again, here's where my knowledge kind of falls flat. The, my point, I guess, is that Wubi.exe was a thing, and it's not anymore. And I don't, I don't know what that says about either users or maybe Ubuntu's expectations of users, or maybe just Ubuntu's focus point. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if it says anything. It may just be an artifact of history that just kind of the, the novelty and 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 usefulness of it eventually wore off, I'm not sure. But it is interesting that it's not a default inclusion anymore, whereas it used to be. Okay, next listener feedback is from Tim, and Tim says, Listening to your description of rename, I thought I'd add a few thoughts, since I use this, and then he puts a little asterisk, command quite regularly. Now the asterisk he has here says... Uh, sure to check, since there are several binaries called rename out there, each doing some sort of similar functionality. So I'm not sure which one you're running. Um, that Tim is 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 rather um, is rather clear actually, because the rename command that I was talking about is in the Linux Linux util package. So this is the rename version that comes with with Yuta linux very very specifically um whether i mean so then he continues he says but the perl script called rename that comes out of the box with debian is by far my favorite for its power and i've ported it over to my freebsd daily driver machine because i use it so much so that's good to know so let's let's just check let's just look i'm going to do a which rename and it tells me that it's in user bin rename and then just to verify double double verify here i'm going to do a um i'm going to do a, a less on my util-linux package here and it 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 definitely installed something to user bin rename so this is definitely the entity in user bin rename now what is that um, I'm going to do a file on user bin rename and it tells me that it is an elf sixty four bit executable. It is a binary file. so if I did a head of user bin rename i i as expected, I get a bunch of incomprehensible unprintable characters that that make no sense to my human eyes so this is not a Perl script in other words this is this is a binary file. And it was written by, let's look at who this was written by, uh, it was written by, oh, it actually doesn't say who, who wrote it, so I'd have to look at the source code to find out. And I'm not going to do that right now, but it's it's um, util Linux package from ftp.kernel.org slash pub slash linux slash utils slash Linux. There you go. So that clarifies that. Um and that's just just to be clear the the episodes that we're in right now are still covering util linux that's 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 the context of any command that I mention until until stated otherwise um are are those that are included with util linux and util Linux is a package that you're Linux distribution will probably have installed. It is a very common thing because it's a bunch of little utilities from the people who developed your kernel. So it it tends to get packaged up with a bunch of Linux distributions. Okay, so that asterisk aside, he says, you mentioned the dash s flag, which my rename doesn't have. That's, That's his Perl script, I think. Or that's his... His is a Perl script. It's not his Perl script. It is a Perl script that came with Debian, apparently. And the dash V flag, but the one I use uh, the most is the dash N flag. This is the dry run option, uh, showing how each file name would be renamed without actually performing the rename. I use this all the time to make sure I'm not totally screwing things up. Additionally, the bash um, caret search caret replace notation makes it easy to do something like rename dash n, so that's dry run, and then single quote s slash foo slash bar s- uh, slash close quote foo asterisk dot txt and verify the results, then type dollar sign caret dash n to replace the dash n with nothing and run the command for real. So in other words, he's he's removing the dash, the dash in option of the previous command that he ran. So, for instance, if I did an ls-l right now, that gives me a long list of, of stuff, right? With, with all the uh, file, the, the modes, and the users, and, and sizes, and everything like that. So now if I do a caret dash L, it runs just ls without the dash l. Now you could also do uh, ls dash l for instance and then do um, caret dash l caret uh, let's do dash m because that's pretty noticeable. And that runs the previous command ls, but it swaps the dash l option with the dash m option you can try this yourself. It's it's pretty darn handy. I mean, it, it does take bash. I don't think I don't know of any other shell that uses that notation. Z shell might cuz Z shell re-implements so much that bash has, but as far as I know, it's it's a bash convention. So that's that's worth the the price of admission right there, I think. I mean, that's that's this episode done, I think. Um, and then Tim continues because the expression substitution is just perl code. And again, he refers me to his asterisk that his rename uh, command is a Perl script. You can use any Perl statement here. While I'm far from a Perl hacker, more of a Python guy, two particular bits come to mind. So none of this really applies to anything unless you're on Debian using their rename Perl script. The Perl, quote, y slash space dot dot slash space dot dot slash command acts like tr, which is the um, translate command does that translate or what does tr stand for yeah translate um the tr uh mapping uh, m- m- command mapping one set of characters to another this is great for converting file names to all lowercase so for example rename and then single quote y slash capital a through or, or dash uh capital z slash lowercase a through uh rather dash lowercase z slash Single quote space star dot .txt so that would take all of the dot .txt files and anytime it found a capital it, character A through Z would then make it lowercase A through Z. You can use capturing groups in the regular expressions and then reference them in the replacement. This is great for slicing and dicing bits of the file name. Now that that sounds that sounds great. Um, he says, uh, in this example, files are named in the format month year. So touch curly brace zero one dot dot twelve dash curly brace twenty eighteen dot dot twenty nineteen curly brace dot txt. So then if you do an ls on that, you'd have zero one dash twenty eighteen, eleven dash twenty eighteen, oh nine dash twenty eighteen, and so on. But I really would prefer them in a year month format. Rename single quote S slash parentheses backslash D for a digit plus close parentheses dash parentheses backslash D plus close parentheses slash dollar sign curly brace two curly brace dash dollar sign curly brace one curly brace slash single quote space asterisk dot txt. So that's saying basically to search for a digit separated by a dash and a, and then another digit, and then replace them with the second thing that you that 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 pearl found with the first thing that pearl found, and do that for all .txt files. So that's that's pretty neat. So you can capture bits with the parentheses .dot 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 and then refer back to them as either $1, $2 in the replacement. For another example, if you use the mail merge functionality in Word to generate PDFs, they're stupidly named with a numeric suffix. So you can end up with PDFs named output.pdf-0, output.pdf-1. I've seen other applications do this, actually. So I use rename to chop those bits off and move them forward. Rename, single quote, s slash dot pdf and then again, parentheses dash backwards uh, backslash d for a a digit plus, so more than one digit, um, or yeah, one or more digits, uh, close parentheses slash dollar sign curly brace one curly brace dot pdf slash space output asterisk pdf dash asterisk. Anyways, thought I'd share in case you found it useful. Yeah, those are super useful um, tips, sort of, Maybe not exactly because the Perl script. I mean, you have to have the rename Perl script for for that stuff to 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 actually work, like exactly as he's described. But it's still super useful, just given sort of the idea of oh, this is how to structure replacements in you know programmatically. That I think that sort of thing is is always a useful, even if it's just sort of a, a thought exercise. Because a lot of times, just kind of thinking about what the problem is and sort of the structure of how to solve it is is harder than actually solving it. It's sort of that prep work sometimes that that, that makes it difficult. So that's an int- it's cool to hear how how Tim got around some of these wonky name problems that he that he that he had. Okay, so um, next I want to read a, a related feedback email from ronald and he says um i heard your latest episode featuring rename how timely a while back i had to rename some files and move asterisk dot description asterisk dot info didn't work because of obvious reasons move doesn't really like wildcards very much it got me to thinking why doesn't bash gnu linux come with co- come with a rename utility with syntax like dos OS 2 or even move or copy, or, or rather CP. Really, it's the biggest shortfall of GNU Linux in regards to DOS. Now, of course, um, this is Clatu here. I, I don't know what DOS or OS 2 did for renames, um, so I have no idea what he's talking about here. But he carries on. Uh, anyway, I decided to write just such a tool in Bash scripting language. Before I carry on, let's get one tip out of the way. You mentioned being unable to sort the results of touch foo curly brace 1 dot dot 10 cr- close curly brace properly. That's solvable with ls dash vl dash v is for version numbers. Cool. Um, he, he is correct. Um, I think I was probably using that as sort of an example, uh, for a quick and easy example, uh, that said, that I guess that maybe was a poor example because it's obviously very easy to solve, that also said, um, I never have used that before. I, I didn't know about the ls-v, the ls-v option, that was... Really not something that I ever, ever thought of. But there it is. Natural sort of version numbers within text. You know, I say I've never used it, and that's probably not true. It's probably one of those things that I I discovered one day and thought, oh my gosh, this is brilliant, and then I forgot about it. Anyway, he says, now that that's out of the way, allow me to address the issues with the lack of a rename program that works like move or cp or ren with the format. Command bracket options source target. So first and biggest issue, path name expansion in bash. If one were to write a program to say rename and ran it thusly, so his example rename tool is rn, that's romeo november, not romeo mike. So rn space asterisk dot htm uh, space asterisk dot html. In a folder with file dot or file1.htm, file2.htm, then path name expansion would mean that your program would receive the following file1.htm, file2.htm, uh, HTM, and then space asterisk.html. Uh, asterisk and that depends on the shopped settings for null glob and fail glob, and the set dash f or plus f for disabling or enabling path, main, path name expansion but ignore that for now however if your pwd contained file1.htm file2.htm file3.html then your program would receive these parameters file1.htm file2.htm file3.html which at which point good luck determining the user's intent so in other words he's saying he's 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 pointing out that a command would would not Easily know, what, what what to rename, what to rename to what? Are you asking it to rename file one dot to file two dot or are you saying fi- rename both file one and file two to file three dot html, or are you just saying you know just, who knows right? Are you saying file one and file two should be file three. Yeah, it's, it's it would be difficult for for the programmer. Or the, 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 the program to understand. So this is him again. If the user quotes the parameters, then the wildcard pattern can be processed by the program. Sure. So the task at hand has ballooned into a significant undertaking, especially if it's written to accommodate lack of quotes, because that's going to happen a lot. And that is very true. I mean, how many of us quote everything that we we feed a a shell. It's just not something that we typically do. So he says, also, quotes are not, uh, wildcards aren't really required for a proper rename command. rn file1.htm, version1.html. Completely valid, no wildcards. Okay, so upon hearing your podcast, I jumped to my computer, cloned the GitHub repo I made, and tested your foo question mark and foo question mark question mark examples. Blew right up, so thanks. Seriously, though, your examples were totally valid, and I hadn't put much effort into question marks as wildcards, since I was already so deep in the weeds just handling quotes or no quotes, and how to parse what I infer were the user's intentions. It's really, really hard for a hack like me to come up with an efficient and succinct way to handle all replacements of wildcards. They really need to be anchored to A, the beginning of a string, B, a period, or C, the end of a string. Making things even more fun, I had I, I find that when I have a file called xxx and I want to move it to xxx.test, even move bulks at wildcards. So his example is ls lxxx and there's the file, and then move x wildcard dot uh, wildcard so asterisk dot asterisk space asterisk.test, move cannot stat x asterisk dot asterisk no such file or directory so that's an interesting response actually and then move xxx space asterisk dot yyy it renames xxx to asterisk dot yyy not xxx dot yyy so bash is great and powerful but also a bit uh, but but also um, a little bit difficult in some regards. If you're interested, I'm making a branch for dealing with your examples and shall commit it soonish to github.com slash ronaldbarnes that's capital R, Ronald Barnes, capital B-A-R-N-E-S slash bash dash rename. That's if the entirety of the problems don't turn out to be intractable, which is possible and explains the lack of such a tool in the GNU toolbox. Thanks for your podcast. Love the walkthrough Udall lin- Linux. Also interested in any feedback on slash ren, soon to be renamed RN to match GNU's move and CP. So, this is something that I haven't had a chance to look at yet. Super intriguing, though. And I, I I'm going to take a look at it very soon. Possibly give feedback, possibly not. I'm really eager to see how he how he attempts to solve all these problems in bash that idea honestly is is quite intriguing in itself i've written um, a bash you know a, a command in bash before i consider it a serious tool it's called trashy if you have not tried it you should if you have not installed it you should it is a command line trash can you can find it at gitlab.com/ GitLab.com slash Trashy, I think. Yeah, GitLab.com slash Trashy. There you go. Um, and, and it's it's written in Bash. So are there bugs? Yeah, there are still bugs. Is it um, Has it been really enlightening? Yeah, it's been really enlightening. Uh, there are some things that shell expansion <laughs> just makes really interesting. So yeah, you should try that out. Uh, and also try out Ronald's um, rename command. I think that would be a... A really interesting thing to look at, especially if you're if you're kind of poking around with Bash stuff and want want a few things to uh, to bug test and to to stress test. That's about all the listener feedback that I have. That 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 would be of general interest. There are a couple more emails um, from a couple of people who, one of whom I've met in person. At all things open, so Blizak, I've got your email. I'm not ignoring you. Well, I am ignoring you, but not from a mean, not not in a mean way. Um, also, Chris, I'm I've got your email, and I'm not ign- ignoring you in a mean way. Um, I'm just ignoring you until I get a chance to sit down and answer your questions. So I think that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Of course, you can email me at clatu@member.fsf.org. at member.fsf.org. That's clatu@member.fsf, at member.fsf, as in Foundation.org. And, of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time. Susset it is the Mayan caper with an IBM machine. I don't want to be caught short in a gray flannel suit when the lid blows off.